0: joining us again today. Today, very interestingly for our first show of the new year of 2018, we are actually picking up on a theme and a thread that we started last year with and uh, really even from 2016 and that is the subject of the election the November 2016 election around which there are swirling questions and suspicions, and some say evidence that it was hacked, it was played with, it was toyed with, and it was corrupted by foreign influences, maybe even some domestic, but certainly foreign, and that is going to be the subject of today's show, an update, that is, on a very, very powerful movement that emerged then, and in fact, A Better World and Mitchell Raven, yours truly, was part of at that point and we did a series of programs helping to elucidate and illuminate the subjects at hand the evidence we feel and even the actions that were taken by this illustrious group of people who are still at it here a year later. So we're going to be getting an update on what is a newly formulated group, relatively newly formulated, and every bit as committed as we all were then, but this group in particular has helped to carry the ball downfield and we'll be learning today about what's really going on with them and with the court system and how can we bring justice by what's the subject. Nullifying the election? That might be the only way we nullify our pain. So we'll be revoting, we'll be looking at the subject of revoting. We're calling calling it Revoting Revisited, and we'll be speaking with three of the main leaders in this entire activity, and it's essentially a roundtable on this subject to get updated. We'll be starting with uh, Mark Small, just a brief bio. Mark Small, Esquire is the leading attorney on this case Uh, Mark has a very interesting background himself His father's part of the family descended directly from John Endicott, the first governor of the Massachusetts Bay Colony and on his mother's side of the family, he descended from in some way related to Ralph Waldo Emerson so uh, he has much to say in today 's two thousand and eighteen about the nature of what has happened to this country that he has and his family have had so much to do with the uh, the creation of he practices in Indiana he has been before the Supreme Court, and well, he's really leading the charge but Kirsten Elaine Martin, who has been on before back about a year ago has been really the one spearheading this entire effort, the entire Revote effort, around November 2016, when I first had the pleasure and honor of meeting her, and she has been really the energy, the ignition, behind this entire, entire effort, which is uh, really continuing on, which we'll learn the details of shortly. Uh, Elaine Began, Kirsten Lane Martin began her career as a coordinator for international relations in the prefecture government of Yamanashi, Japan, where she worked alongside Japanese civil servants to foster mutual exchange and understanding between that country and the United States. She has been on the cutting edge of many business entrepreneurial enterprises and continues to do that alongside this really mammoth effort to, to uh, bring about some kind of resolution in our court system. The third member of today's roundtable is a holistic psychotherapist and author, Amy Shapiro. She's also an environmentalist and a multicultural activist, lecturer, wife, mother, and grandmother and um, she mentions Gardner. So Amy has been part of this since uh, last March or so and she has written some 18 or so books on subjects having to do with health and healing and wellness and psychology and understanding the mind, and I'm going to be asking her if she has come to a point of understanding the mind of Donald Trump or is it a little bit too scary a place to enter? That's how I feel as a therapist, so I've backed off, but can't help but put forward a couple of ideas, certainly here and there. So I want to welcome you all to A Better World Radio. It's a pleasure to have you all. And uh, Kirsten, I haven't spoken with you in some time but I just so want to say at the beginning to acknowledge you and express appreciation for your tenacity in this matter. No matter how many doors have closed, it seems like you just keep opening others and (laughs) just muzzle tov, as we say in Chinese. Congratulations.
1: Well, thank you. Thank you, Mitchell. And I, I want to put a compliment back to you and to tell you how extremely meaningful it is for me. And I think people are going to realize later when we're in the history books with you um, that we have this first show with you because you were the most instrumental person in terms of becoming a real solid platform for us to launch our message. And no matter how testy it got or how, the information was changing or evolving, you've always been fearless and honest and willing to take on the toughest issues with no previous agenda or viewpoint so that we're able to have, um, you know, really discuss issues and learn at the same time we're sharing information. And um, The only other thing I wanted to say is just that um, along the way, since I last spoke to you, I figured out, um who I am and that is like Dorothy of uh, My mother does live in Kansas. But um I woke up one day after the tornado <laughs> had hit and found myself thank you for, in a totally different world. And the uh-huh. only thing I have is I know the ruby slippers work and I, I don't I don't have a fear of going down the road and I picked up the Tin Man, the Scarecrow line along the uh-huh. way to going to Unveil uh-huh. the Wizard. So that's really
0: That's, that's wonderful. It. That's wonderful. We all remember that there's no place like home. <laughs> thank you, Kirsten. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Mm-hmm. So listen now, and thank you for your words. I, I so appreciate it, and it was uh, very. It is a very meaningful project. I very much endorse the Constitution, although there are a few things I'd like to change, having to do with women, blacks, and a few other things. Mm-hmm. I'd love to be able to tweak it, but. Fundamentally, it uh, is the law of the land, and it needs to be honored as such, and we ought to have, I think, a constitutional assembly and rework a little bit. Um, so it's no, little no, fair no, and no, don't even-handed. do that. Oh, I would, Mark. I would. <laughs> but, uh, oh, but, do, but do, do you realize this, how much
2: corporations would dump money into that so they could control yeah, everybody there?
0: That would be a problem, I mean, but – We would have to do it just among the people. If we could do that, that might be a little different. But, Mark, I want to just welcome you to a better world as well, because I know you and I spoke about a year ago, give or take, and, uh, you know, just when you were kind of coming on board, and I really haven't been updated on what you all are doing and where the issues stand now. What we so needed, and you have filled those shoes, is a, a lawyer. Who really knew his way around to uh, take this the next logical step? So, would you bring us up to speed here with what's happening with this with this movement?
2: Sure. Uh, we were uh, when I became involved with this. Uh, th- these these very brave and, and 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 gutsy and intelligent women took case took a case to the Supreme Court pro se without an attorney. And yeah. I got involved in that, and, and the Supreme Court d- denied the relief that was sought. We refiled. Uh, we, I, I, I redrafted what was filed so that we expanded it, and we got plaintiffs from other states, principally the swing states, but other states as well, and the, the, the Supreme Court denied it. Now, the Supreme Court is the highest court in the land. Usually it only uh, handles appeals. It's very rare that it will handle something that's more akin to what a trial or district court would handle. And so we were denied on the second one that was filed, and what's prepared now and we're waiting to file is what people would recognize as a more conventional lawsuit. Now, there are more, more parties as defendants than what we had before the Supreme Court. We'll be naming several states as well as the individual who currently occupies the Oval Office is number two, uh, the Speaker of the House and the the, the other people we had named in, in the original petition, but we're also naming individual states because they administered the elections as well. We'll be citing as grounds not only fraud upon the American people, not only invasion of the United States, the Invasion Clause, Article 4, Section 4 of the Constitution of the United States, but also a violation of people's civil rights, because people have not only a right to vote to have their vote counted. And we'll be asking for this on an emergency basis, and we're also going to seek injunctive relief. This, we're bringing a petition for rid of mandamus and asking that officials in the government be ordered to perform their duties, and that those duties mean making sure that the election was run fairly. Because if you look at what the, the central portion and dynamic of this country is supposed to be, it is that we have a democracy, that people have the right to vote in a fair and above board and honest election. And if someone interfered with that, and if as indicated, a uh, foreign hostile power interfered and got their person into the white house and provided information to one of the two political parties so that they got a majority at the house of representatives then our system is being corrupted and we have to rectify that and we have to to go back to where the wrong occurred and so it has to be declared void ab initio so that we can we can clean the slate and start start from where it was then
0: yes so I'm understanding then, just to roll back the clock a little bit for me, that you are still engaging the guarantee clause of free and fair elections, that that is the uh, obligation of the United States federal government to ensure. Is that correct?
2: Uh, It's it's the, the invasion clause. The guarantee clause is the clause that guarantees Republican form of government. The, the the invasion clause is part of the same paragraph, and it's a guarantee against invasion by a foreign power, and so that's it's 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 part of the same paragraph and provision in, in the Constitution.
0: Okay, so that remains a you know a, a foundation of your case. Now, also correct me if I'm wrong, but as I recall, back in the days when I was involved, uh, there was a suit brought forth in Denver. There was a suit brought forth in Kirsten's area of Boston. There was a suit brought forth in in uh, district court in San Francisco, and they were all denied. Which means then that the next step would be an appeal to the Supreme Court. And so, in a sense, we were all grateful of the denial in those respective district courts because that positioned the group to appeal to the Supreme Court. Is that That's exactly uh, right?
2: But but, but the the, the difference being that there was no ruling on the substance of those petitions. They were just Mm -hmm. outright denied. And so without having any kind of – Yeah, so there was nothing addressed on the merits. And so we can take it back to the district court because an appellate court like the Supreme Court has to make a decision based on a record because people have litigated it at, at the lower courts. Well, there was no record yes. upon which anything could be litigated.
0: Oh, even in, in Boston, words, I yeah, thought that they words. had – didn't they make some statements? Didn't the court make some statements where they actually refuted yes. some of the claims of the, yeah. of the case? Kirsten?
1: I can talk just yeah. briefly. Thank you. I'm sorry. I can talk briefly about the Boston thing. Um, the, um, no, please. First of all, you, the two of you are actually saying the same thing, which is that two things, the process – to go to the Supreme court can be better and and more effective or quicker vis a vis the district. So it is essentially the same kind of, we're kind of going back to the original strategy, but this time we have a good lawyer and a solid argument. Um, Although, although I will say in Boston, the people in the, in that we, we were given a ruling, which was very easily refuted. We made a mistake Mm -hmm. as a team and did not get the petition to justice Breyer as we thought it was. And that was a misstep that literally he, he denied hearing the, writ of Van, the petition for rid of mandamus at 4.05 because we had promised to get it to him by 4 p.m. and he never did. So he denied something he never saw. So, oh. see, so, so in other so words, then, it was so sort of thrown out on a
0: technicality.
1: Kind of. And then we refiled to just, I'm sorry, Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg, and that was technically, supposedly an appeal. But again, Mitchell, because we were pro and didn't have a lawyer, this is where the magic yeah. and the madness kind of comes in. We somehow were not really an appeal. We were accidentally, even though it came from the district court, if you look at the documentation, it's, it looks like just a direct thing at the Supreme Court. And, again, they, they denied hearing it, which means they didn't say it's without prejudice. So they didn't say whether the argument is solid or not. And Mark took that, and then he, he built a very, very solid case. Now, with our, taking what we started and really filling it out and making it really sound.
0: Interesting. Interesting. Okay, thanks for that clarification. So, uh, my memory is still serving me, although I'm not a lawyer, so I don't have the same f- finesse in describing what's what as Mark does, so <laughs> I understand. You have uh, <laughs> but Amy, uh, Amy is a holistic psychotherapist so she has a, a greater yes. purview on the some of the psychological mechanics that are going on here so I'm grateful for your position in all of this Amy it's well, thank uh, you, much Nancy. needed and it's if we a could get to meet you. Yep. good to meet you too, uh, an office in the White House to sit this fellow down and
3: uh, maybe I'd like <laughs> yeah. to do a
0: little hypnotherapy with him. There you own. go, we can apply for <laughs> a position
3: together do some wellness <laughs> education.
0: Really? Um, goodness we could knows, really we, work we on need it. We in
3: the country. Absolutely. So
0: what is your role in this? What, Where do you stand with it, and so, how are you being of um, assistance to these two wonderful people?
3: Yeah. Uh, I, I got involved on the sidelines um, during two efforts ago when I learned about the case and uh, attended a program where Mark, uh, who's on the line with us, Uh, gave an overview, and I was so heartened by it because I just knew in every ounce of my being something terribly wrong had happened and Mm -hmm. that we were in for a really bad spell under this uh, administration. And uh, I knew I had to do something. I didn't know what that could be. And when I heard about the case and listened to Mark's overview, I knew instantly that... Uh, This is something I could align myself with and be helpful in any way that I could. Um, And so in the early days, even before I was officially part of the team, I was tweeting uh, for more hours a day than I care to admit to, uh, sending people to a previous website, urging people to uh, support this case and donate to it. And eventually, as people do come and go, uh, I became part of the core team, and uh, since then have been assisting with press releases and um, relationship building among the petitioners, now being referred to as plaintiffs for the new case, and um, just sort of general visioning over what uh, the needs are and reaching out and um, helping all of us stay sane in the middle of a very crazy time. Um, I've had a lot of wonderful spiritual training and that has served me very well and I'm happy to share that uh, when I see a need arise and one thing that comes to mind um, has become kind of a favorite saying among us when things have taken an uh, unexpected turn uh, not to our liking and the saying is, um, a decision against you has been made in your favor. Uh, And this as you kind of touches on what you said earlier about Kirsten's determination, (laughs) you know, that no matter what curveball gets thrown our way, we pick ourselves up and find another creative way to, um, you know, move on. And so that's why we are uh, reinventing ourselves or just rebranding ourselves, I guess, as the Nullify Now movement now that 2017 has come and gone. But the uh, crisis remains and has deepened, and the solution remains, and we're part of it. And, you know, under Mark's legal leadership, uh, we feel very confident that um, as the news cycle keeps catching up to where we've been for a year or more, uh, more and more people waking up and being as upset as we were a year ago and hoping that with, you know, good folks like you – Helping to spread the word, uh, people will know that this is an answer and and want to join our effort.
0: Yes, yes. Well, thank you, Amy. I so appreciate your place here and all I'm. Mean, I I. It is remarkable how parallel our backgrounds are, and uh, <laughs> exactly. so many ways. From holistic psychotherapists. I just don't encounter that many people who use that phrase as I do. And background uh-huh. in. Tai it's, Chi uh, Chuan. It's just a yes. rather remarkable environmentalist, etc. But it's so yeah. good to mm-hmm. have you on board here. Um, Mark, you. I'd like to turn back toward you here uh, because the legal basis here and as you did also outline, the ethical basis is, is so important and it's just been run roughshod over and the media doesn't uh, do anything about it. It's just... Um, they're just going uh in one way for this uh are <laughs> very narrow focus, let me put it that way, and it's very obvious to me that they're going after ratings and sales of products uh of their advertisers. they're not actually so interested in truth or anything and uh it's yeah well that's like,
2: and, 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 and it makes it makes yeah. Khrushchev somewhat prescient Please. when he said that uh uh, uh the United States. Uh, would hang itself and, and 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 sell itself the rope, and and and, mm-hmm. and he was. I mean, and yeah. he was the head of the Soviet Union at the
0: time. Yes, I, it could be Karl Marx was right as well. You know, that's another conversation. But and yeah, this, exactly. if I might chime
3: in, this has been borne out by the fact that you know how, Russia now owns ten percent of the stock in Facebook.
1: Ten yeah.
0: percent.
1: And. I have a oh news flash my. for you, Mitchell.
0: Please, Kirsten.
1: You have a caller, Brent Turner, who represents, as you know, the National Association of Voting Officials. He's so excited about you um, covering the story. Um, he's got, he and Mark together have some kind of breaking news about Wisconsin and some other states. So he's, his breaking number news. is... Breaking 60- news? I'm starting
0: to feel like Wolf Blitzer.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: um. So
1: his number is a 609 or a 609. Uh, I mean, a uh, six, sorry. Oh, six I one see nine it now I, Brent
0: Turner, who has been yes, a guest you know on him. these airwaves. Yeah. And we had yeah. such a good time. He's so yeah, he's ob- obviously to hello to you. knowledgeable. And so let me bring Brent in on this conversation. Thank you.
3: W- so wonderful. So he can
0: bring us the breaking news and. Mitchell yeah. Rabin here, bringing breaking news to the airwaves <laughs> of a better world, but stay tuned for station identification. No, I'm kidding about that. Brent Turner, welcome. Hello, Mitchell. Are you there?
4: I'm here, Welcome Mitchell. back to a better world. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. So tell us, please, enlighten, What
0: what is it that Kirsten is implying here, alluding to? Let
2: well, me give a hint to so him.
1: Yeah, it's the, the, the Wisconsin table, Brent. Tell mm-hmm. him about
4: that. We've I, we've I, caught the red the, the red state red-handed. Is that it?
1: <laughs> well, yeah.
4: you know, I I think we can infer a lot, uh, Mitchell, as we've discussed previously, from the fact that um, people historically have meddled with elections if allowed to meddle with them, and unfortunately, the state of the systems currently are such that uh you know it doesn't take much to affect these elections uh as the systems are proprietary operating on secret software and relatively insecure so um i think what kirsten is talking about in particular is on the front end disenfranchisement issue that apparently in wisconsin um which is not any different than other states except for the fact that it played in so crucially to the 2016 election. Um, but uh, we were seeing a posting of some data uh, that apparently came from their election officials, and it showed more votes cast than actual people registered uh, on the yes. first iteration of a posting. So even though they, they corrected uh, what they had posted after the fact and attributed it to some sort of error, whether it was clerical or machine or whatever. The fact is is that that is what we call an event in uh, watchdogging elections. The fact that they only have one job to do, they botched it, um, not to say that that has to do specifically with the good people running the elections in Wisconsin, but I think it does shed light on the fact that the systems themselves are inappropriate for use and insecure, and and we may have, in fact, seen a glimpse of manipulation there that was then corrected uh, after the fact, but nonetheless, um, it's a a bit of a shock to witness such an event. Are you saying are you, corrected
3: are you, or whitewashed?
4: Are you saying Brent that this is
0: n- a newly disclosed information or this was known back at the time?
4: Well, I think it was known back at the time. I just became aware of it and have sort of started yeah. uh, asking questions. Um originally it was noticed and then uh sort of answered as uh, uh, just merely an error But you know that's not Really an appropriate response Because the question is You know how how can that Happen how can you Have a posting of an official Result showing More votes cast Than there are voters Obviously that uh, Is a major major Problem um, Not to be dismissed Lightly so
1: Right. Go go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say, anecdotally, at this time last year, I was first starting to work on trying to get a grip on what had happened and talking, looking at the electoral college, et cetera, and I was working with people in Wisconsin, and anecdotally, numerous, numerous people told me exactly the same thing, that more people were – less people were even registered to vote than supposedly voted – for Trump, and so what's interesting is this table has been kind of circulated around Mitchell. But one of the problems is we've been so divided and scattered that it's very hard for people to take all the pieces of the puzzle and put them together. It's right in front of us. This election was absolutely stolen, absolutely, and that it happened in the swing state. with Paul Manafort that did it.
0: Well, you know, that's an allegation that may be accurate. It may not be. And one of the issues, of course, at play is provide the evidence, show the evidence. Uh, And it
2: can't be a series of
0: suppositions. That's
2: that's one thing that I think is important about the official reports on those numbers, Mitchell, because that's black and white. That's not something... That and and, and those are very focused things that those folks do in producing those numbers. They're supposed to be as accurate as possible. So when you see numbers like uh, that, yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah, but that's just the kind of evidence. It's pretty stark.
0: You, you, you are clearly not familiar with the new mathematics. It's it's a Republican (laughs) mathematics,
3: and you have to know how to add and
0: subtract. It's a whole new. Perspective on life. <laughs> anyway, right, I'm there is no kidding kid aside, it's, it's actually a tragedy. And uh, one of the ways that we survive, uh, we Jews, is by finding humor in the saddest and most tragic of things. And so, excuse me, right. but that's just what I was doing. It's so <laughs> pathetic. But, you know, if we were to be historic about it, and Mark, I'd like to hear what you have to say about this as well. If we look at it, I remember during the G.W. Bush elections, uh, not to go too far back, but to me and the evidence that I had available having to do with the relationship of the president of Diebold voting machines and G.W. Bush, who said publicly he would do anything he could – to assure G.W. Bush's election. Now, to me, that was prima facie evidence of a skewed, corrupted election, and what happened in Florida. But not to go too far back of the G.W. Bush election selection theft from Gore. It happened again, as far as I'm concerned, with John Kerry in 2004. And so in reality this is an old sad tragic story of voting in America. What might distinguish this last two thousand sixteen round is that it was a foreign power that may have had uh, significant influence whereas before that it was primarily domestic. Mark, do you wanna By comment honest, it's, on it's, any of that? It's
2: not just it's not just that. It's it's and, and that's bad enough. But this yeah. go around there are indications that the republican party uh, provided information from a foreign country for, from for hostile foreign power for races in in the in congress there, so it was more systemic than just the, the presidential race mm-hmm. further yeah. further evidence is that, that, that the the nominees for judicial positions that that President Obama, who was legally elected President of the United States, it, those nominees, they deferred voting on them and deferred voting on them until their candidate was in. So now we're yes. looking at an illegally placed president putting these people into position, and the party was really acting in, so, in such a fashion as to assist him in that. So they are all... They, they, it's not simply complicity and collusion, it's conspiracy. Because if there was an agreement to do something that was illegal and an act carried out in furtherance of that agreement, then they've committed conspiracy. And that's a criminal offense. So it goes to the idea that this election is void ab initio, void from its beginning.
0: Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Now. I, I, I so appreciate your, your articulating that because you're right. This is, you're, you're in a sense talking about systemic fraud, and it's a felony, and it's not simply civil. These are criminal offenses, actually of the highest order. And, you know, yes. I'm not saying this as a lawyer because I'm not one, but to me, it smells like treason. Is there is any legal basis to that statement? Yes because the,
2: the 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 provision for treason in the constitution it's defined and it's not simply aiding abetting a, an enemy in time of war but also adhering to a nation's enemies and there's no requirement that the enemies be in time of war if if that were the case the only there're only about Twelve years and eleven months in our country's history that that people could have committed treason because those are the only mm-hmm. periods we've actually been in a declared war. Otherwise, they've adhered to an enemy. They've given them comfort. They've provided them assistance. So by doing that, they're creating chaos here. That's what Putin wants, and so they've committed treason.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, Um, thank you for um, clarifying that um, I mean, this is, this just raises the bar to yet another level I mean, it's bad enough all that we have said until those last comments of yours of the Republican Party engaging, as you've said in what is conspiracy but, so it's just keep adding insult to injury. Kirsten
1: Yeah, I'm sorry I I know Brent has another um, caller to make, but I wanted to ask him to give you his... Uh, By the way, exact... there's
0: um, there's some sound in the background. I don't know what it is, but I hear it. I don't know if you yeah, all hear it. Yeah, it's an echo. It, but... I
1: hear it, too. It's Does someone have echo. your show okay. playing?
2: I, I know. Uh, My I cats don't... are... They've got their band okay. practice,
0: but that's about it. Okay. okay. <laughs> I think it's so, fine now. Okay. All right. Actually, it sounds a little better
1: I was going to ask Brent to explain to you mathematically um, a scenario that we've been aware of that was confirmed in Politico um, on december fourteenth and the the name, the guy's name was tim i 'm trying to think what his last name was um, and it was Tim and Rachel, these two people from Politico wrote an article where they were talking about ryan um, Paul Ryan, his swan song, why he was going to maybe retire, and it was this whole big cameo about. Paul Ryan, but embedded in that article was the comment that an hour before the polls closed on election night, Paul Ryan was about to make a, a, a defeat phone call to the RNC because based on all the internal polling, all the, exit poll, all the data they had, Trump had lost the election and the Congress had gone Democratic. And this is embedded in a story in Politico, and the reporters themselves didn't realize what that implicates. But Brent has been working with data scientists who've looked at the algorithms of the voting patterns, which is scientifically showing the circumstantial evidence. So, Brent, can you explain, like, what happened in the last couple of hours of the polls according to the, the people that you're working with?
4: Well, there was a, a, a massive uh, unusuality and anomaly there, um, and uh, not to get into the math, which, uh, you, you know, is, is uh, another, another issue. But the foundation of the problem that I think should be noted for the purposes of your listening audience is that the, the underbelly of the system, the foundation of the system, is the software code that is running everything from the voter registration databases all the way through to the tabulation Of the votes is a corporate secret that uh, I'm not sure that everybody is aware that the general public has no ability to provide oversight to the foundation of the system. So in other words, if there were bugs in place that would make for improper activities within the system or improper vote counting practices, there would be no way for anyone to see that that was actually the case, and that is the problem in a nutshell with this entire issue, is that the system itself is inappropriate for use, per the computer science world, and what makes it even worse is that there are corporate interests that are blocking the science that is available and the systems that are available to remedy the problem. And those systems have been available for a good amount of years now and inappropriately kept out of deployment by corporate lobbyists and interests that are controlling not only the Republican Party, but unfortunately many key players within the Democratic Party. So that, I think, is is the dirtiest little secret we have in America, that we could actually have proper elections and, and we're not having them because corporate right. entities, namely Microsoft, and as my friend Ambassador Jim Woolsey says, those who bob in their wake, they're keeping the secure systems out of deployment due to their financial uh, interests.
1: Right. Brent. Talk about what could have happened though in that last hour. That should just.
4: If
0: I could just say, Brent, that's the same phenomenon that is happening utterly, completely across the board in all domains of U.S. society. I mean, just take a moment and look at the healthcare. Good science is blocked constantly by the big pharma interests. They control the CDC. They control the uh, the um, FDA. I mean, so. Horrible as this reportage is, this breaking news, and uh, I'm, I'm horribly, I'm um, pained to hear it. At the same time, it's sort of like welcome to the club. Guess what? Mm-hmm. This is not news. This has been going on literally for at least a century or two. Well, in the only the difference, States. Mitchell,
4: is that when you when you put that business as usual. Uh, element into the core of our democracy and the keystone of our democracy, the rippling effects are different than in any Horrendous. other aspect. And so that's, that's why this is particularly earth-shaking, you. is because now you've got that business as usual leading to another country, another group of people outside the country controlling right. who our elected leaders are, and then that goes into the Supreme Court and throughout the right. entire system as a but, cancer. Brent,
1: going point from well the made. To point the point the well the taken. Actual. I
0: understand, and I appreciate the distinction. At the same time, Amy, I think, would agree and corroborate that there is a systemic pathology at base in American culture where Things like money and power are more important than civil ethics and human values. And we have to take a good hard look at the way we do everything. Because the way we do any any one thing is the way we really do everything. And it's, uh, uh, Amy, can you speak yes, to that for a moment? Yes,
3: Mitchell, absolutely. And, you know, and I, in my own meditative moments, um, one of the things that I have had a sense of that on a karmic scale, if you will, um, mm-hmm. people in this country are learning what the Native Americans must have felt like, as as yes. well as many other disenfranchised groups who have been, you know, brushed aside and, um, you know, not counted. And so it is a huge wake-up moment for us that we can't take a democracy for granted Uh, I I also want to add in uh, another point that bears um, lifting up for your viewers. The nullification uh, would not simply be to remove from office people who are there illegitimately. It would also have the impact of reversing, undoing, nullifying all of the resulting policies, executive decisions, uh executive orders and, a- and appointments, exactly, that have resulted from this illegitimate election result. So yes. um I think you know that's a moment to give people some hope that um if if we aren't fully corrupted in the last branch of our government, our judicial system, then there is hope that we can turn this around and um preserve and protect and Uh, restore democracy, because right now it's kind of going off the cliff.
0: Yes, exactly. No, I I appreciate the point. In fact, what you're saying is what uh, got me so excited when I first had the pleasure of meeting Kirsten and uh, Kelly at the time and a few others, uh, that we were going to be able to disengage. There was a certain impartiality to it all, because it was all about the offense of the uh, Constitution. And mm-hmm. so, mm-hmm. Mark, actually, I first have to just let everyone know that you are listening to A Better World Radio uh, with Mitchell J. Rabin. We are on every single week, as is our community TV show here in the Big Apple in New York City every Monday evening at 7 p.m. Our website is www. A better world TV. We have a weekly free newsletter. So if you don't get it yet, please come to our website on the right hand column uh, and sign up and become part of a better world family and community because we do shows like this and we are always looking to support personal and planetary health on all levels. So uh, please become part of what we're doing here. So Mark, I I just want to thank you all for being on the show, and uh, Brent, I'm very glad that you joined us. Oh, you've disappeared. Okay, well, you're still (laughs) with us in spirit, for sure, and I very much appreciate the distinctions you're making, and they're very valuable. Mark, could I turn to you here and um, ask you, where are you now in the actual court system? What's being discussed and considered, if anything, at what point in what court?
2: Uh, we're waiting to file in U.S. District Court. Uh, There's a question of, of marshalling resources specifically. We have plaintiffs. We have the, the, the complaint ready to file, but it's not easy just to go ahead and file a lawsuit like that because we'll be naming not only the individual who occupies the Oval Office, his number two. Uh, I like saying You that mean about, Jared Kushner? Uh, no no, 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 no. The, the the one that came my my neighbors down the street put a sign out in their front yard last you know, in two thousand fifteen, Pence must go. And I blame them for he, him being vice president now. because um, mm. he, he left here. But but, but in yeah. we'll have the same yeah. defend, the, the same defendants as we're respondents in the petition for rid of ben Famous. <laughs> plus we'll have uh several states the, the individuals who are responsible for administering those states' election laws will be named as well. Uh, the complaint sounds in violation of, of civil rights. It's a, a petition for a mandamus, as the prior action was, and it also um, cites fraud and the, the, the invasion laws. But we're waiting for resources to be able to file the suit because it doesn't file it by itself. Well, right, and that's so a good what you're, you're saying for is you need
0: money. Is that what you're telling (laughs) me? You're waiting for money? (laughs) Yeah.
3: And and that's a great segue for us, for Kirsten and myself, to uh, share with your listeners uh, how that part of the solution uh, can occur. Um, Folks can go to nullifynow.info and contact us through our Gmail account, uh, nullifynowus at gmail.com. And uh, we have a beautiful sponsor information kit that will give a lot of the background that we've shared with your listeners today and introduce our team and talk about our goals and, um, you know, where we're heading. Uh, We do need to have a treasury, uh, in effect, to sustain this effort for up to one or two years uh, because we can't start something that we can't see through. And so, you know, we're asking the rest of America to do its part and join this effort by uh, supporting us with a contribution. And our goal is $500,000, which until this morning might have felt like a large sum of money, Money, but when I saw the amazing, wonderful news of the um, uh, initi- initiative now called Times Up that the New York Times uh, advertised, they had... I don't know how many handfuls of, of famous people donating $500,000 each
0: oh, yes. for I heard a that. legal yeah.
3: fund to support uh, victims of, of uh, sexual abuse in the workplace. And we're talking about this country is victims of the greatest abuse of power ever. Uh, sexual assault. Known- <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. In, in in a figurative sense, absolutely. Yeah. And so yeah. Uh, we need that same support, and um, yeah. we're hoping your your listeners and beyond uh, will find us and come forward and join this
1: effort. Yes.
0: Very good. Very, you you have a GoFundMe site too, do you not? We uh,
1: Kirsten, we checked do down the GoFundMe site, Mitchell, because. Too many people were trying to judge our success, our popularity based on how many and how quick who was donating, and it, we decided that we wanted to stay focused on the mission and the relationships and so we are we are calling on a lot of um, people that we know don't have a lot of time, but they have lots of resources, and we are approaching them It's just we know that if we approach enough people, five hundred thousand dollars is nothing to save a country's democracy and um sure. So the, the best but way for people to get in touch with us yeah, is to send that, an email. That said, I, to, I
3: want to mention that um, while we're in this transition uh, of our organizational structure, uh, leaving behind Revote 2017 and more fully embracing the Nullify Now um, organization, we do still have an open account on our Revote2017.net website where people can actually oh, yeah. donate in any amount, small or large. We welcome any amount. Uh, so okay. there actually is still that vehicle, and we would be quite delighted Thanks, for Amy. people to make any size contribution on the Revote2017.net site, and, and that will stay open.
1: Thanks okay. for that, Chris, because that's important. But I Thank you. The email address, if anybody would like to help in any way, is nullifynowus at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Okay. Great, great, great. We appreciate I'd like you
0: so to much uh sure. I'd like to uh are you uh have a few more minutes. I'd like to kind of
4: sure. return
0: to something we were discussing and I, I just want to get yes. the full tilt on this yes. and uh sure. for that mark I would turn to you again as attorney here. Uh there are numerous um non profit organizations that are very involved in social, economic, political justice, and it seems that some organizations would be very interested in collaborating with your efforts. What have you found in this regard? Mitchell, I'd I'd welcome
2: any of that, but I've been too busy practicing law and putting stuff together to focus on stuff like that. I mean, that's... That's something that, that, that Amy and Kirsten have been working yeah, on. Yeah. I'd like to chime in on yeah. that right. in
3: fact because, Mitchell, one I'll of the points we didn't mention is that um, while we have some wonderful uh, folks who are, were petitioners in the previous effort and are continuing on as plaintiffs in this case, we also have attracted some amazingly wonderful new people who have stepped up and committed to be plaintiffs who are very highly recognized and regarded civil rights activists uh, for Mm -hmm. groups of people of color and um, uh, Latino and um, civil rights. Uh, Kirsten, do you want to mention a little bit about the the new plaintiffs uh, along with Christopher?
1: Thank you. Yeah, well, Christopher has been with us from the beginning, but he's been really a media magnet because he was born um, with infantile autism and was giving a zero per chance. 0% chance of contributing to society by the doctors who told his mother to just put him in an institution. And she devoted her life to him. He is the most emotionally intelligent, most articulate, most committed, never complained, best activist we've ever could imagine. And of all the plaintiffs, he was the one that always has had the most impact. Well, he, he ran for city council in New Jersey, and his name is Christopher Gagliardi, But then recently, um, we just got some very exciting news that um, the son of civil rights martyr Viola Liuzzo, Mitchell, I don't know if you remember, um, you you may have been just, you're you're not, I think you're probably my age, but in 1965, there was a white woman, Viola Liuzzo, in Detroit, who went to Alabama to work with Martin Luther King. She left behind four kids and a husband because she felt compelled to help with civil rights. And she ended up being assassinated by the Ku Klux Klan because she was giving a ride to one of the black marchers between cities in Alabama. And um, every African-American person I ever start to tell that story to immediately says her name, Viola Luzzo. Um, but a lot of white people don't know about her because after she was assassinated, her children in Detroit were yes. vilified and, and mistreated as children of the end love. I mean, it was really just, you know the racial racism in it our country. You know, it was a terrible smear
3: campaign against
1: her. It's a terrible smear campaign. Yeah, and they ended up losing. They ended up suing the FBI, losing and owing the FBI eighty thousand um, dollars. Then they were on twenty twenty, and the pub, the American public, got outraged. So that was that was waived. But anyway, one of her sons, Anthony Luzzo, and his wife, who's an activist um, from Wisconsin, he's from Michigan. They, um, they've they committed to our, our cause. They're very um, dedicated. And his mother just got a huge um, honor in Detroit recently at a, a museum that was honoring her. She was one of the motivations behind the Voting Rights Act. After she died, they partly passed it in her honor. So yeah, that's the excellent. kind of people that we excellent. have coming to so us.
0: So you are getting some support. Now,
1: you know, Mark, yes. thank you for that. Moral support.
0: When, when you say that uh, the occupant of the Oval Office um, I don't think Trump works all that much, so I don't know who you're (laughs) referring to. (laughs) The (laughs) occupant of uh, (laughs) Mar-a-Lago. He's watching Fox and Friends, you know, or playing golf. (laughs) Uh, Even when he's
3: there, we're not sure how much of him is there.
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly. I think he's just, he's vacated, you know. But uh, nonetheless, uh, when you say that, of course that's not a light thing to say, needless to say. So does that mean that if you had the funding, you are suggesting that you have the evidence of his collusion uh, and the um, campaign collusion?
2: No, no. We have Speak their statements. That they have they've stated that there's been collusion. He might say, well, there wasn't collusion, but then he's made statements to the effect that he met with people. He met with people or the United States Congress in the beginning of August adopted, I think it was the Hostile Foreign Powers Act as a matter of law in the United States, and it was in a, it, it, with a veto-proof majority in each house found that the the report of the 17 intelligence agencies, it was adopted as a matter of U.S. law that Putin interfered with our election. So all of these things are established either by admissions of a party, because Ryan is named in the suit, Trump's named in the suit, Pence is named in the suit. If they made statements and admitted that there was interference in the election, that's evidence. Those are admissions by by parties. Plus, we've got an act of Congress. Plus we've got all these other things like the the, the the election results in Wisconsin, the numerical anomalies. It's all there. It's evidence. Let me file it in court. I really need the resources <laughs> to do it. We can do it tomorrow hey, and be on our way to, to get them
1: out. Uh,
3: M- sure. Mitchell, you, know, you, you know, you,
1: <laughs> you talk about pathology.
3: Uh, one of the uh, things our team has put together is a Trump rehab kit. Because we recognize that people are drunk on Trump. They are in yep. a toxic place and they need to yeah. detox yeah. and have some rehab. And, and, you know, we have a little of our own Jewish humor in this kit, which we'll have to send you. Um, yeah.
4: Sure. But yeah. it's
3: one of the things we've been working on uh, because we do recognize people have been sold a bill of goods, they continue to be sold a bill of goods. Uh, in this age of disinformation, you know, what we used to lightly refer to as spin has become Mm -hmm. truly nefarious disinformation. Propaganda, yeah. Exactly. And so when people will say to us almost on a daily basis, well, but there's no evidence, I nod my head and I say, yes, and that's the talking point they want you to repeat. Because if it's repeated enough, people will assume it must be true. And so right. that's how disinformation works, through inference well,
1: and insinuation. And and that we got we actually got invited onto CNN. We were on CNN, not we, but one of our plaintiffs, she was a petitioner last time, voted for Trump. Her husband still supports Trump, but she woke up the day after the election and just knew in her gut that the election was a fraud, just knew it. And she had the courage of her convictions. She later told us that she realizes also she was one of the people manipulated by fake news. She had this horrible picture of Hillary with yellow teeth and, you know, eating children or whatever. And so <laughs> yeah, seriously, so they had her on the so it's CNN that was supposed to be former Trump supporters, three that were still for him and three that had changed their minds. What was interesting is that before they put him on the set, and I was on the set helping behind the scenes, they actually, um, two of the people who said they were against Trump, by the time they were on the set, they got sucked in and were like, one guy said, well, I'd hold my nose and vote for him the next time. <laughs> That's not, and and the, one of the women fell back into being for him. So it was literally like a frenzy of people being drunk on Trump. But if you listen to their lifestyle, they're going to lose their health care. One of them was a okay, anti-gender. well, you know to me,
0: this is just you know? this is an abdication of responsibility of people actually yeah. doing something called thinking, and exactly. you know i, yeah, but, I, yeah. I, I have yeah, but, little but, I have little respect but, for but, that, quite honestly, but,
2: yeah, but uh, here in Indiana... A, only a
0: small
2: I'm, I'm, I'm in Indiana where this is a really strongly red state, and there are yes, people here who are so alienated from having lost, and it's not that people here. Uh, that were in the the, the, the blue collar class Of working class It's not that they're starving or anything But their dreams and their kids dreams are gone And they're bitter about a lot of things And and so they've, they've been kind of spun around To believe that just because an African American Was in the office of, of president for eight years And did a good job Somehow they've become reactionary And that goes back to the 1920s here in the Midwest, there is that kind of – and what happened in Watergate was that people from that group finally realized that there was evil in the White House, that there, there, there was a president who should resign. When those numbers started shifting against Nixon, that was when Nixon decided to resign from the office. And those are people not to be abandoned and not to be demeaned that we have to we have to reach and i well, do that all the time yeah. and and try to express to them look you're wrong and then some you, you're just going to be like 23% or whatever you're never going to reach
0: but right. there i want to come back i, I appreciate listen. i appreciate your points we're we're going into uh veering oh, in another direction right now that is wide open for kind of yeah speculation on different sorts, and I'm I'm kind of wanting to stay on point here. However, I do want to make one reference to the work of a forensic psychiatrist on the faculty of Yale School of Medicine, Dr. Bandy Lee, who did put together a remarkable piece called uh, it's become a best-selling book. They can't keep it in stock called The Dangerous Case of Donald Trump. 27 mm-hmm. psychiatrists and mental health experts right. assess the president. And there have been other types of efforts made of the sort where in a very you know objective and mm-hmm. fair-handed even-handed way, clinicians have really reviewed his psychology. And it right. is truly right and I'm not saying this playfully, it's very frightening what it is we're dealing with. So when we talk about people being disenfranchised in Indiana or anywhere, there are many reasons that that's been happening actually for a long time because of this Mm -hmm, particular president and others. But I'd like to, in our just last few minutes, return to this idea uh, that what I hear you saying, Mark, is that the evidence is actually staring us squarely in the face. And right. what you have done and I've also done on my own account uh, without a case from behind me like you guys have, is line up the information. Really assess the evidence that is staring at us, that's in the news almost every day, and line them up as a case and that's what you've done, yes. and you are waiting for the opportunity to spring it on the courts. Now, why do you think that the Supreme Court has refused to hear this? Is it too politically uh, difficult? What What is the motivation? I, no, no,
2: nothing's too politically difficult for them, but I can't tell you. I mean, I really don't know the basis, and I don't want to speculate that way, because you, you do that, you lose sight of what it is you have to do in the case yes. that's going to be filed. Mm-hmm. And so in oh, the I case understand. that's being filed, you make a record as you go along because you're arguing to that court, and you're also arguing to the appellate court because as you move along, you're making a record in the case in, in the event that there's an appeal. And so that's kind of how you, you work things in court. It could have you been know, a law
1: clerk, was just too lazy well, and just didn't look at it. I mean, there's a million reasons.
0: We're, we're I, giving I them understand. the benefit
1: of the doubt.
4: <laughs>
0: yeah, and but, I understand. Again. but, you know, it's, uh, it's, this is what I'm gathering, I, and this is where I, I kind of come from. I, I am so in favor of what you're doing and the ethical and legal and constitutional ground on which you stand, <laughs> this entire movement that you all, three of you, are so spearheading and remain tenaciously connected with. Uh, at what I see, it's sort of like when you see someone uh, who has a little bit of a pimple and then you take <laughs> a magnifying glass and you look a little closer <laughs> and then you begin to see that there are actually subcutaneous pimples everywhere and yeah, that yeah, there's right. really a big it is problem systemic. here in River City. Let me finish, please. And what I'm saying is that to my way of looking And it's, uh, I I don't want to say I'm an optimist. I just, I love life. And I love to see life flourish. (laughs) And I love ethics and I love integrity. And uh, yet, when I look back at the history of this country, from the beginning, there are these kinds of serious, pimples and blemishes, and the court system looks the other way, as Brent was saying about, you know, the, uh, the bad mathematics. This has been a systemic issue. So for all that I stand behind you, and I want to see you, for if you all succeed, we all succeed, from my point right. of view. And it right. will help to show us the systemic uh, pathology that has dominated our culture for a long time. That's mm-hmm. just my comment amen. to share here. You know, thank you, <laughs> We have a we have a tendency to whitewash. You know, we have a tendency to do that, and I I think we have to remain. You know, when you know it was so ironic when when this madman in the office says we want to make America great again. Some of the uh, critics were saying make America great. When did it stop being great or when was great. it great? Was it at the time of the right. slaves? Tell me when was it great? You know, so, You're no Was You're it, it when have, we persecuted the, the Chinese into the Japanese? <laughs> Tell me when was it great?
3: Well, and more recently we heard other versions of that with the theme of making a greater Serbia, and we know how that ended. You know, it's the old divide and conquer um, uh, strategy. I I want to make one last point is that um, when people will say, well, you know, it can't be treason if you're not at war, Uh, every single military branch recruits on the basis of cyber war and the need to help, uh, win the cyber war that we're in. So even yes. though our founders might not have uh, had a clue about, um, you know, cyberspace, uh, the, the war is real.
0: Yes, the war is real. That what the distinction is here, Amy, is between a legally declared war and what is called what are they? What are the words they use? Mark skirmishes. I, oh, they have
2: these.
4: Oh,
0: Hundreds of them,
4: but it's it's
2: it's
0: yeah.
2: like people are still getting ripped apart by bullets and shrapnel, and somebody's exactly. still selling our country down the river. So you got treason and and you got warfare. Hey, it's yes. it's there,
0: it's there. And most people don't realize that we're still legally at war with Korea, North Korea.
2: No, we're not.
0: The, no, yes. we're,
2: we never were at war with them.
0: Well, South Korea the
2: last, has been. The last, no, the last... No, the Koreas are at war, but the last war we were in ended in September
0: 1945. The declared war. Yes. Yeah. World so War Two is the last in, declared war that we interesting? fought. What happened in Iraq?
2: Oh, that wasn't war. That was committing our troops under the War Powers Act, but it wasn't war. The declaration of war, war. war is formal. No, the last declared war was World War II. Our record in wars is four zero and one.
0: Interesting. So all of these others are, uh, we you know we use different types of rhetorical phrases for describing what's been going on since 1945, but you know the United States never uh, never ratified uh, the North Korea South Korea Treaty. So that is why they remain technically still at war. Isn't that correct?
2: Well, I'd say I I thought it was because they they had such outrageous pompadour hairdos, but I guess I was wrong on that.
0: (laughs) No, 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 no. It's because the United States refused to ratify it and has managed to keep them, keep the conflict going as a result. That's a whole other conversation I don't want to go into right now, but it just highlights the illness inherent in this mindset where money and sales are above, you know, peace and planet and people. And Uh, this is what I feel is the psychology we've got to reckon uh, with.
3: I think it would be helpful too for your viewers to hear Mark's response to another common um, misconception people raise to us which is, well, Robert Mueller is going to handle it all, so you people really are wasting your time. Mark, how do you answer that uh, misconception? Well,
2: because Mueller can be fired at any time. I've been saying that since I got into this case. Mueller special counsel. He can be uh, fired just as Archibald Cox was fired in the October, this Saturday. That Massacre in October 1973, Watergate. And The president didn't directly uh, Fire the special prosecutor It was under a different statute The attorney general did And so Nixon called Elliot Richardson And said fire him Richardson refused and Nixon fired Richardson And then uh, William Ruckelshaus was assistant AG And Nixon said fire him Ruckelshaus said no So Nixon fired him Then he got Bork, Uh, Judge Bork Former Judge Bork Mm -hmm. Said fire him, Bork did So Mueller is not – Mueller's doing – I don't doubt he's doing a damn good job, and I don't doubt he's diligent, but you really need somebody who's independent of the executive branch, and someone who's appointed as a special master under the federal rules of civil procedure would be immune from executive branch interference.
0: So wouldn't Rosenstein have to be the one to fire uh, to fire Mueller, yes, uh, Trump can't yes. do it directly because
4: Sessions recused
2: himself. Because the Sessions recused, Rose...
0: so yeah, I know. So that means Rosenstein would have to cooperate with that. And by the his last hearing in Congress, he's not about to do any such thing. If he were asked, no. it would be another Saturday Night Massacre.
2: Yeah, yeah, and I'm sure that if if, if necessary, Trump would put. Jared Kushner in uh, as as a deputy AG along there someplace. <laughs>
3: and the truth is, we really don't so, know yeah. how long Mueller's investigation could take, and so this case going to court could actually speed up the process of uh, of a By solution.
1: And, and also, Mueller cannot enforce the law. He's I mean, Mueller is not able to declare the election illegitimate anyway, is he, Mark? He can only present the evidence no. and actually act on that.
2: That's right. I mean, yes. the, the only body that could that could nullify the election would be a federal court.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, the only issue, I mean, now we're talking sort of legally slash politically, that if Trump were to seek to fire, or have, I should say, have Mueller fired that would just reek of yet another degree of obstruction of justice his lawyers And there would be people
2: who would say that so what he's got that power under the law he's the president the president can do anything
0: No that's not true as after no, there are a Nixon, people a lot of people say that
2: Well so his they can say whatever they say that, want but the it's not a wouldn't... matter of law yeah. No, I agree I with mean, you, but I'm Nixon just saying is famous
0: for his statements that if it's the president that's doing it, it's by definition lawful. But, you know, yeah. he was laughed out of office, of course. So, that doesn't have any sway. It just doesn't. Um, I'm a little disappointed in our democratic representatives, and I think they're oh, yeah. doing way too little. I'm rather yeah. appalled by Chuck Schumer and the rest of this gang, Nancy Pelosi and the rest of them, but that's a whole other kind of conversation. I want to yeah. wrap this up and just say say thank you to each of you, oh, thank you for Mitchell. your contributions here, really. I really think so highly of them, and I do want to encourage everyone to donate money to the uh, celebration of democracy that would occur and result from your efforts, because I do believe that the courts would see, Mark, um, the evidence that you provide, and I would love to see this happen as soon as possible, as I know all of you would do. It would really you, be and, you know, a we, major step. Yeah, please. We, we feel Thanks, that Michelle. the
3: world is watching this country, and if this country's citizens allow democracy to fail,
1: the rest of the world is going to have no hope. Yes. Yeah. Mitchell, you've yeah. given us a big hope. Thank you for being the right place at the right time and the right person.
0: Absolutely, Kirsten, thank Elaine, so Martin, and Amy Shapiro and Mark Small, Esquire. Thank you all for being on today <laughs> Happy New Year. and sharing. Happy New Year to and all, so and, much, and may you be blissfully successful in what you're doing. Thank you. Take care. You.
3: From, you. from your, yeah, so <laughs> Okay. Go ahead. So
0: bye bye you. now. So, you do have information about how to go. You can go to nullifynow.info, I believe it is, and uh, just Google around and you will find these fine people who are so committed. It's just beautiful to see in a world that is so otherwise um, lackadaisical about ethics and about integrity and about supporting our democracy's um, forward movement in the world, as Amy was just saying, all eyes are on us, and uh, we're not doing that great a job right now. I think the courts should be a whole lot more responsive. I think that they should have actually assembled the elements that Mark has done already on their own, and not waited for plaintiffs to come forward, but to have acted on their own. I'm not sure of the legality of what I just said, but I still think it's a good idea anyway. Anyway, I want to just thank you all for joining again on this uh, update on the Revote uh, movement and the Nullify Now movement, which would indeed, as I said at the beginning of the show, nullify our pain, that's for sure. Remember, please also that a better world is its own nonprofit 501c3. We are able to sustain because of your generosity. so to whatever extent you can make a donation to us uh, through the Friends and Family link at our PayPal uh, link on our website. So appreciated. Thanks again, and if any of my services could be of use to you, please just contact me at Mitchell Rabin. at 212-420-0800 and my direct email address mjr at abetterworld.net thanks again for joining and I look forward to seeing you all next week